Hello and welcome to Quiz Time India. This week on the show we have Arvind Raji. The famous sitcom Friends and his modern super fast express takes to cover the same distance. The world's first ATM, the automated teller machine. We'll be talking about a certain Dr. Andy Hildebrand in a 1998 Bollywood blockbuster. So put on your thinking caps and fasten your seat belts. The show is about to begin. Welcome, welcome to Quiz Time India, India's first quizzing and trivia podcast. Did you know an Apple iPhone contains more than half the elements in the periodic table? Yep. Also, did you know the documentary Where in the World is Osama bin Laden was found on Osama bin Laden's computer? If you're looking for such polarizing and terrorizing facts, you have come to the right place. Quiz Time India. First up to begin the episode I need to thank all the contributors Hisham Sandeep Pragya Harsh and Ronak thank you so much for contributing to the podcast I really really do appreciate the support massive bear hugs to all of you for the rest of the janta who might not have donated but did share it with their friends and family or on social media a big thanks and massive bear hugs to you all too now going further I must add that the side project slash newsletter discontent is about to hit 100 subscribers, and it's early days, but we have been getting some great feedback on it. For those who have missed it, every week we give curated slash handpicked recommendations to interesting articles, movies, music, podcasts, and videos from the most beautiful corners of the internet. So the link is in the description, or you can just go to studio41.substack.com and read the newsletter. Now, let us get to some quizzing. Last week on the podcast, we had Vishnu, and this was his audience question. You know the shredders, right? Paper shredders are there. Mm-hmm. So we have cross shredders now, but these were innovated after a certain geopolitical event in late seventies in Asia. Mm-hmm. This was required as a simpler shredder has put the lives of several in danger. Mm-hmm. So which event? which was also later scripted into a book and a movie forced the americans to create crossroads and the correct answer was given by pranav tanwar and the correct answer was the attack on the us embassy in iran which incidentally was also the plot point of the movie argo yep the one featuring and directed by ben affleck now to this week's episode this week on the show we had arvind rajiv Arvind Rajiv is the founder and partner of of Exquisite. You know, Exquisite. Exquisite is a leading knowledge services and quizzing firm based in Chennai, which provides knowledge-based events and hosts tailor-made quiz shows catering to schools, colleges and professional institutes. And on that note, without any further delay, welcome to Quiz Time India. Hello and welcome to Quiz Time India Arvind it's nice to have you on the podcast it took a while for us to coordinate but here you are i am excited about quizzing with you how are you doing today hi i am absolutely fine it's a great opportunity it's my first podcast and i'm i'm totally excited at the same time nervous too <laughs> there's nothing to be nervous about the idea of the podcast is that we get to learn something new 
knowing you that you are an excellent quizzer i know i will be in for a treat today and how we do it for our listeners who are joining us for the first time and for you also is that we take turns asking each other questions we both have a set of questions ready with us we both will take turns asking each other questions on the way if ever we stumble and we need any hints the other person can give hints and as i've said multiple times before on this podcast the idea is not to be competitive not to see who knows more or who can give the correct answer more quickly the idea is to learn something new and to sort of grow our horizons and hopefully with us the audience will also get to know something new or the audience will also get to learn something new and as i love to say the audience will get some food for thought so arvind are we ready to go yes boss done let's let's right. begin so as always i'll take the first question and that will just to make you comfortable since you are the guest today the first question that i have for you is i think it should be a easy question because there are enough details in the question to get you to the answer the yeah. question goes we are talking about a very special train which ran this train yeah. ran from delhi to allahabad and yeah. it was arranged for a very specific purpose and this was done on february 11 1948 yeah as i said this train left from delhi it left from delhi at 6:30 pm on feb 11 and it just took 14 hours and 30 minutes which is uh, nearly two and a half hours less than what what today's modern super fast express takes to cover the same distance right mm. so mm. in 1948 the train took for 14 hours and 30 minutes today's trains take apparently more than that i'll have to verify the last bit but the idea is the train just went from delhi to allahabad it barely stopped in any place what was the year 1948 1948 the train which left delhi left with national leaders press representatives and a lot of other high ranking government officials so for the first question arvind you have to tell me what was the reason for this special train to run from delhi to allahabad this is a beautiful question because when i started quizzing uh, when i was young mm-hmm. uh, one of the first things i read was the history of india so my grandfather was was no more always mm-hmm. used to say general knowledge comes from the forefathers right just uh-huh. learn from the history of whatever the country has no 30 40 years back that is something mm. which you need to know even the cholas the pallavas the eras so much known yep. but in this question i think um i i want to zero in on the answer that it carried the did it carry the ashes of the father of the nation you are absolutely correct you are absolutely correct the first question you just nailed it that is exactly what had happened mahatma gandhi's asthis or his last remains were kept in a urn and then on a train a special train was run from delhi to allahabad for immersion at sangam which is confluence of ganga jamuna and the mythical saraswati river the train left delhi at 6:30 am on feb 11 and reached allahabad the next day at 9 am now the train wasn't just any other train i was reading online and i came across this that the rake of the special train consisted of five freshly painted third class bogies of which the center coach had been modified suitably 
to carry the copper urn containing the Mahatma's ashes. Wonderful. The middle compartment of the center carriage was converted into a hall by removing the wooden benches, a large table covered with the tricolor, the national flag of the country, was fixed in the center of the compartment and on it was kept the urn. Overhead was another national flag serving as a canopy and the entire floor and the windows and the door covers were made from khadi and there were a couple of lights kept in such specific ways so that hundreds and thousands who apparently knew of this train going through they came to see Bapu for the last time to pay their respects so that they could see from the windows although the train did not stop at uh, many places but people apparently crowded the entire way from Delhi to Allahabad and it is said it is said that passengers on the train and those present on the platforms where the train passed from were required to remain bareheaded and were forbidden to smoke and chew pan. To mark the mm. solemnity of the occasion, station bells were not rung for the arrival and departure of the special train. The blowing of one short whistle by the guard and a short blast by the driver served as starting signals. I remember this. I remember reading this. Uh, and it was also seen off by the Prime Minister. So well done. The first question you aced it. And I'm now looking forward to what do you have for me? Okay. Uh, wonderful question, Aditya. Beautiful lot to learn from the forefathers. Yes. Absolutely. Now I have a, I have a question which something which we use every day. Mm-hmm. A daily life stuff. Mm-hmm. The world's first ATM, the automated okay. teller machine, mm-hmm. was designed by Shepherd Baron and was okay. installed in Enfield, London around 50 years back. Okay. So one byproduct one byproduct of inventing this ATM was the concept of the PIN number. You know that what we use the PIN numbers, right? Today, mm-hmm. when you insert the ATM card. Mr. Shepard Baron came up with the idea relating to the PIN and decided to check with his wife, Caroline, during a dinner table conversation. Over the kitchen table, Caroline responded that Something responded something and that was taken by Mr. Barron very seriously mm-hmm. and it has been implemented worldwide since. What did Caroline say? Okay, so we are talking about the world's first ATM machine uh, set up in England, yeah. London, in Field London you mentioned. Yes. And it was almost 50 years ago. Yes. And... The inventor was speaking to his wife, Caroline, about the PIN number. And what did she say? Yes. Did she say something on the lines of uh, never reveal the number to anyone or something like that, which has become a sort of a security mantra now? Uh, No. Uh, In fact, that you are coming to the the security part, which is Mm post-implementation. Now, okay. uh, I'm coming up to the implementation part, right? This is the, the birth, the birth of something, what? So the pin, the, when he was about to uh, come up with the concept of pin, he asked his wife mm-hmm. something, which he replied very nonchalantly saying, and he took that uh, reply of, from his wife very seriously. And it became a standard, a global standard for pin. What? 
uh did she say that uh something about the length of the pin like how long a number should be and uh, how difficult it will be to remember something on those lines fantastic i'll give it to you wonderful oh, this wow. is what we call putting funda right in quizzing <laughs> so yeah caroline said she can only remember four figures right four digits okay. at most hmm. so baron baron came up with a he thought that if you give more than he wanted a bigger figure like eight digit mm. or nine digit number he said and yeah. he said who, who the hell will remember this <laughs> right people yeah. here want to take money fast so you, you, at most i can only remember four figures or four digits and mm. that was a, a wonderful uh, lesson learned by shepherd and he said okay i'll go with what you say and after that the world standard for atm pins became four digits interesting i did not know that was the logic of it and it is i mean i it's it's amazing to see that a dinner table conversation became a global standard something which is being Fantastic. followed even today and now that has translated to your online pins so if you have a upi id if you have a banking id everything is those four digit pins so thank you caroline for that otherwise we would have to remember 10 digit numbers as if our phone numbers were not enough But thank you for that question Arvind that was a brilliant question. Thank you thank you Aditya. Looking forward to your second one. Since you went into the technology field I have another technology question coming up. So for this we yeah. will be going to University of Illinois in America and we will be talking about a certain Dr Andy Hildebrand. Andy Hildebrand got his phd in electrical engineering as i said from the university of illinois and he specialized in signal processing after finishing yeah. his education he went on to work at exxon and then later he started his own company exxon if i'm not mistaken is into petrochemicals so they are one of the largest distributors of oil in america So after finishing yeah. his education he worked at Exxon and then later he found his own company called Landmark Graphics and th- that company was in the area of exploration to do signal processing on seismic data I repeat to mm. do signal processing on seismic data he took his learning yeah. from the field of application of digital signal processing in geophysics to a totally different field his invention in the new field is often used and is often hated can you tell me from all of this what field did he use his invention in his learning in and what did he invent interesting so he specialized he did his phd in signal processing then he went went to work at exxon then later he started his own company landmark graphics in the areas of exploration to do signal processing on seismic data then he took that learning from doing all the signal processing in geophysics and uh, seismic data and then applied that learning into a totally different field and okay if i can give you a hint the other field is to do with arts more than science and the invention that he came up with in the new field is used pretty much in it's quite common is all i can say and quite often you'll hear criticism of it 
So what is this invention and what field did he pretty much change? Something in the world of communication, informal communication, some mm. emojis and things like that. No, 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 no. In the field of arts. Arts. So, mm, interesting. Think about what he used to do and where would you see that thing in arts? He started uh, some sign languages and things like that, which uh, something to do with signs or S-I-G-N-S. It's kind of uh, globally recognized sign patterns. No, no. No, not, not even in the frame? Not really, no. So when you say arts, what do you generally uh, think of art? As in arts means painting. Painting, painting music. could be one form of art. Uh, movies could be music. another form. Uh, you know, TV could be one form. Music, all of these could be different forms of art. Now he yeah. took his learning from his days of doing geophysics and exploring what is underneath the earth using signal processing. And he took that and applied it to somewhere else that's what you say i was actually when you told my first thing which came to me was before you told the art mm-hmm. i was thinking you designed the first tsunami alert system <laughs> so oh. <laughs> I went, my, so since you said seismic then you moved to art so i'm just wondering where you could have mm-hmm. any other clues you can okay if i can now give us a final hint yeah would be it has to do with the field of music. So this invention is barely 20 years old or maybe just turned 20. And this has to do with the field of music. Music. Okay. You can take a guess or I'll give out the answer because uh, to be honest, there is not much in the question which you can uh, play with or which you can connect except for the part which is... uh, um, Did he bring something called the karaoke? Concept? Close, close, close. At least you're in the music area, not the answer, but you're in the music area. So think signal Something, processing some, in music. He found that certain musics, uh, certain songs can be helped in CPR or something like that. Cardiac no, no, per no. pulmonary association. Oh, yeah, that is true. I think DG's Sting Alive uh, has the same rhythm. Something like that. He found that. No, no. I'll tell you what happened. So he. Yeah. As I said, he started his own company called Landma Graphics and he was into signal processing. And there was this mm-hmm. uh, trade fair where people from his field used to come and they used to showcase uh, different kind of technologies that they or uh, products they were working on. And he and some colleagues of his were standing and uh, one of the colleagues, his wife was there and basically he explained what it does. It takes the signal and it improves the signal and things like that. And they were wondering what else can be done. And this lady just said, oh, so it can make me sing in tune. And that's Mm. where the idea came. So basically now, thanks to Andy Hildebrand, who invented auto-tune singers when they're Mm. singing, even if they are not singing at the correct voice notes at the pitch, thanks to a computer, you can change the signal and you can bring it up and down accordingly and make it to the pitch which you want it to be and thus a lot of songs these days have some amount of auto-tune in them which are uh, digitally configured it is quite common in industry practice and it is quite 
uh, hated also because the purists say that it's not the true voice. This is a computer generated voice. And that was the answer. This signal processing and electrical engineer developed auto tune in music. Wonderful. Wonderful. Lovely. Never knew this. T-I-L. Absolutely. And today I learned. This is a quick reminder that now you can read our newsletter for free. Whichever app you're listening to the podcast on, minimize it, go to your browser, type studio41.substack.com and voila, you will find this content, the newsletter, studio41.substack.com. So dive in and get your movie, music, podcast and reading recommendations. And yup, it's free. Once again, this content at studio41.substack.com. Now it's your turn. Yes. Now, according to a American Academy of Ophthalmology, ophthalmology is the, for people who are listening, it's the medical field relating to eye surgery hmm. and with eyes. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. According to them, I've just read out a phrase from what they have told in the research. Okay. The red and green, the red and green photoreceptor cells or cones mm-hmm. as they are commonly called mm-hmm. are the two most predominant cones in our eye both the mm-hmm. eyes okay if you get a pure wavelength of one color mm-hmm. if you get a pure wavelength of one color and you hit just one cone with it you're going to have X amount of transmission of signal to the brain. So this is how the colors work. Right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, but if that, if that means if that wavelength were to stimulate two cones, mm-hmm. you will get double the amount of transmission to the brain. So this is how the pho- photoreceptor cells, cones, colors work. How you okay. see colors. Now, okay. remarkably, remarkably, the color which I'm going to talk to you, the question is about this color hits both the peaks equally, both the wavelength peaks. Got it? Okay. Both the wavelength peaks, which I told you, equally. Mm-hmm. So this makes it easy to spot even in your peripheral vision. Okay. Okay. So the question is, this is indeed a fascinating answer, a very highly researched answer to what inquisitive question everyone would have asked, including you during your childhood. <laughs> I have given you the huge explanation. This is indeed a fascinating answer, very scientific answer to what inquisitive question everyone would have asked during <laughs> our childhood and including your childhood. So this is pertaining to a particular color variant. So mm. that variant is something which you have seen in childhood and the color is because of the variant. Something like jungle green. Got it? Mm-hmm. So so what color is this? That is it's, why it has become a norm. Rather. Okay, quite interesting. So basically I'm assuming it is some phenomena because because of which a particular color stands out and I think as kids we see that color in a specific uh, situation, a specific scenario and that's probably how we relate that color to 
interesting yeah. i we yeah. did have a question like this uh, sometime back on the podcast which was sort of on the same lines that was about santa's uh, rudolph the red nose reindeer yeah yeah so yeah. it was about if rudolph has a red nose can it actually help oh. guide him and it was it came down to the frequency of the red light and how it can go through fog so oh. that is one uh, but uh, let me think about what could it be i'm thinking about colors which are very remarkable or things which are remarkable and connected to childhood so the clue in this question for you to work out i would mm-hmm. say is at the la- i have given you a very scientific answer nobody knows this only the ophthalmological people came mm-hmm. up with an ex- explanation even though there are a lot of theories to it uh, but mm-hmm. uh, when the ophthalmology american academy is supposed to be a leading ophthalmic institution so okay when they gave this huge uh, huge scientific explanation rather mm-hmm. uh, the at the end you see this makes it easy to spot even in your peripheral vision so this is indeed a fascinating answer so what they have given to something which every child would have asked in its childhood or even if they would have thought so maybe nobody would have dared explain to you the reason why but even uh-huh. today this question is a very interesting question it does it have to do with fireflies good try no i'll i'll give you a clue childhood mm-hmm. think of something which you would have seen in childhood and even relate to in childhood something that would have we would have seen in our childhood something yes. which is of a striking of a remarkable color and we have all this story about the color what do we, and this is i mean a lot of us would have seen this in our lives uh it's not a area yes. specific thing nothing nothing it's worldwide it's worldwide okay 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 how about this is this the reason why the sky is blue no beautifully worked <laughs> out answer this is this is nothing to do with uh sky is blue beautiful answer uh, try rather think in different lines no it can't be like why water is transparent something like sky blue jungle green no, turquoise blue things like that yeah uh can you just give me the answer here because i think i'm in the area but i have no idea as to what this is so can you just okay take me out of the misery why huh? why school buses are in yellow okay that is so that they are easily to easy to spot when kids are crossing the road that's a simple answer ah uh, Why school buses are painted in yellow? This is the scientific ophthalmic reason. Because if you <laughs> see this, if that wavelength were to stimulate two cones, you will double the amount of transmission. You will get double the amount of transmission to the brain. The school bus yellow hits both peaks equally. That is that is brilliant. That is brilliant. I am so happy that you asked this question. And this is the kind of thing. which once you know you every time i see a school bus that's the first thing that's going to come to my mind like oh, i know why yellow well done. that's a great question actually that reminds me of another bit of trivia about uh, you know uh, colors and this is actually about sort of the lack of colors color blindness so yeah i don't know okay i'll not ask this as a question i'll just say it so mark zuckerberg is color blind and apparently the only color he can see is blue is blue that's why facebook is blue facebook is blue yeah correct correct beautiful out of the blue <laughs> out of the Lovely. blue 
all right going on uh, oh i have a it's not much of a question here but it is interesting that this happened and this person was behind it so we are talking about one of the pioneers of internet in india he yeah. was the founder he so there's a giveaway there a little bit that it was a man he was the founder and chairman of internet users community of india it's not a official organization but in the early days of the internet so we are talking about say early to mid 90s when only few people had computers so let alone have internet a bunch of enthusiasts used to come together in bombay i'll give you a hint in bombay and together they saw the internet and they realized that they could go on to the world and uh, you know connect with the entire world people from all across the world and among them was this one person who they made the founder and the chairman of this society the uh, internet users community of india it is also said that this person played a major major role in setting up internet organizations like the ethical hackers association and once he got a hang of the internet he went on to make a website dedicated to his family because his family is quite illustrious in that way which famous famous personality are we talking about and this person has nothing to do with the world of tech it's just that he saw the computer he saw the possibilities and he could not resist and it is said that uh, people from that internet users community of india which was i think just a tiny bunch of people he used to say that he used to sit up till early mornings till 4 am learning about history learning about his craft learning about different things from across the world because he just could not believe something like internet existed and actually i'll give you another hint and if it's a hint that in those days it was not even internet which people in india were using it was a version of apple's internet it was called the apple e world which came with macintosh devices so that's where this person got started can you tell me who is this famous person um i just have a doubt uh, is this guy into entertainment yes yes because i've read the, i've read something um, earlier long back um i don't know whether it's true i i three people come to my mind i don't know which guy it is <laughs> okay so but i know this I, i've read this trivia it's like this uh, this guy actually died and i is no more i know this guy wait mm mm-hmm. I think he's in the Bollywood. I, I forgot its name. Uh, yes, yes, yes. So far, you are absolutely correct. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely know this trivia. He's he's actually well, one of the instrumental guys in VSNL also, right? Yeah, when VSNL came in, they because as I said, these guys were uh, connected to a, a different sort of network. which apparently was uh, bsnl didn't know about and bsnl found out that people are connecting and then they bsnl called these people over saying what are you doing how are you connecting and uh, but a year later bsnl introduced internet in india so yeah you are right i'll give you three answers <laughs> yeah yeah you can give me three answers yeah yeah, yeah. first guy who comes to my mind is talat mahmud okay not the uh, correct not, answer i'm not very confident with this i'm not very confident uh, okay second person who comes to me is this johnny walker okay not the correct answer but go on the third guy i'm quite confident but i'm still not confident this is shami kapoor you are absolutely correct 
you had no <sighs> reason to doubt it it was shammi kapoor shammi kapoor from all the movies from 50s from 60s and 70s always uh, sort of called the elvis presley of india especially with his the way he danced and the way his hair was and also apparently one of the pioneers of internet in india and actually i read a article it was a mint story mint the publication they wrote a story about the early days of uh, this internet users community of india how these people used to get together in one uh, tiny room and they used yeah. to sit and watch you know the if you remember the modem sound they used to wade through it and then connect to the internet and web pages would load so apparently shambhi kapoor was a big fan of it and he used to, he would stay up till 4 in the morning sitting on his macintosh just going through all the internet that he could get his hands on so well done correct answer this question did not have much funda to crack but you got it you absolutely right i've read it somewhere i've read it somewhere uh, long back all right if you are enjoying the show so far yes you the one who's listening to it right now now you can also help us create the show you can donate to the podcast you can contribute to the podcast and by doing so you can join a list of our special listeners how you can do that is pretty simple you can just head over to instamojo.com/@the-rate-studio41 instamojo.com/@the-rate-studio41 or you can also go to paypal.me/studio41pod yes paypal.me/studio41pod as simple as that the links are in the description too so you can find them there and now on with the show so it's your turn for the next question now yeah ready yep yep ready the origins for this type of clothing mm-hmm. or you can call it a garment or a fabric whatever mm-hmm. way was first brought to light in the 17th century india when they were referred to as clothes used for making cheap robust working clothes hmm cheap robust working clothes hmm. these clothes were named as how we know today hmm. possibly derived from a name of a dockside village near mumbai hmm where erstwhile bombay where these hard wearing garments were predominantly produced hmm so this type of garment was made fashionable in mainstream pop culture mm-hmm. when it was featured in friends the famous sitcom friends and also in a 1998 bollywood blockbuster mm-hmm. by the lead heroine obviously okay what is this clothing if mm-hmm. you can i'll give you you can either answer a one out of two what is this clothing which is possibly derived from the name of a yep, dockside yep. village in mumbai yeah. and what movie in 1998 which released that's the year a blockbuster bollywood movie where the lead heroine mm. uh, wore, wore this and it became a quite a fashionable fashion icon rather fashion statement yeah yeah so uh, i know this i have i'm based out of bombay so yeah. there is a part of mumbai towards the south of the city which is uh, mm. you know towards the port side of the city which is called dongri dongri 
was uh, one of the as i said it was one of the port side areas and from there came a piece of clothing called dungaree which of course went across the world and i think the movie that you're talking about is kuch kuch hota i'm not actually sure about the movie but it i'm pretty sure about uh, i'm pretty sure about dongri and hence the clothing uh, dungaree brilliant brilliant you are absolutely right spot on dungaree and uh, the movie it's kuch kuch hota hai it's just the virtue of that uh, the fact that i have lived in the city for 8 years and uh, it's my base so that's how i know this actually there's uh, another bit of trivia there so there's a lot of corruption of uh, names which has happened i mean some people come to think of it even the name mumbai people say is uh, bombay is a corruption of the name mumbai but uh, there was uh, another very fascinating uh, bit of trivia that uh, was about mumbai so people who are from mumbai or who know mumbai will really appreciate it so in mumbai there is this uh, famous market area called crawford market and crawford market right behind mm. the market is uh, this area called bhindi bazaar you might have heard bhindi bazaar mm. in movies and stuff like that and apparently yes 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 so this time the corruption happened in the other way round the english mm. folks used to say was this place was behind the bazaar and they said behind the bazaar and when the locals <laughs> picked it up they made it bhindi bazaar <laughs> yeah so i knew these little bits of bombay trivia for people who are listening in tamil nadu i believe there's a similar trivia which i like to share where the the british guys right uh, the what they used to do is uh, people who used to support them or salute to them mm-hmm. uh, during the struggle used to be given caps right used to okay. be given there's a story that used to be given caps mm-hmm. so uh, those caps never stood with one person because these guys will again start supporting india the next day <laughs> and the cap goes to the next guy who keeps supporting the british uh. who keeps cajoling the british yeah so yeah. that's where the, the there's a tamil it's not a bad word but it's it's like uh it's it's a tamil word called cape mari uh-huh. where a cap goes mari mari means uh mari means again and again it gets shifted so a cap a cape mari is a guy who cannot be relied upon aha interesting that is a til and with that uh, we come to the end of all the standard questions Narvin what we have at the end of every episode is the audience question so you will have one question ready with you and what the audience can do is audience can listen to that question and if they think they know the answer if they definitely know that they know the answer all they have to do is get in touch with us they can find us at @quiztimeindia on facebook and on instagram this since this is a studio 41 podcast they can also find us at @quiztimeindia podcast studio 41 and then they can let us know what they thought the answer was on all the platforms in fact the platforms are there in the description also sorvin over to you can you please ask us the audience question this is a feel good question which has a wonderful history to it clifford berryman a political cartoonist read the article and decided to lightheartedly satirize the president's refusal to shoot an animal berryman's cartoon appeared in the washington post on november 1902 morris mitchum 
Morris Mitchum, a Brooklyn candy shop owner, saw the cartoon and had an idea. He and his wife Rose also made stuffed animals, stuffed animals, and Mitchum decided to create a stuffed animal based on the animal which the president refused to shoot, right? And dedicated to the president who refused to shoot that animal, and he called it. X S animal. X is the name of the president, the short form of the president animal. After receiving the permission from the president to use his name, Mitchum mass produced this item, which was so popular among the kids, and even today it is a generic item. And he soon founded the ideal toy company. To this day. This item has worldwide popularity and has its origin, which can be traced back to the president's fateful hunting trip in 1902. So, what is being talked about here? All right. So that was the audience question. As I mentioned, all you have to do is get in touch with us, Quiz Time India, on Instagram and on Facebook, or at the Rate Podcast Studio Forty One on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And with that, we come to an end of the question. Arvind, once again, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. It was an absolute pleasure to quiz with you. It was an absolute pleasure to share these questions and trivia with you. Pleasure is mine too. Thank you, Aditya. Really enjoyed it. And that brings us to the end of today's episode. Remember, wherever you are listening to our podcast, be it on Spotify, Savan, Gana, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, do follow or subscribe the podcast so that the next time an episode is out, you will get to know and you won't have to look come looking for us. Furthermore, do subscribe to our newsletter. This content it takes a whole lot of effort, and I think it's pretty cool if I may say so. Also, finally, you can of course donate to the podcast to help grow this podcast. And on that note, I take your leave. Thank you for your time. You can thank me for mine.